Greetings, everyone. We are back. Welcome to a new episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. For this, our fifth episode, we're going to be discussing our recent trip to Florida, and I'll be giving my impressions of the Star Wars Battlefront 2 demo. As always, we'll have our very own popular Stuff We Love segment and an update on our Fantasy Football League. So let's meet the hosts. I'm Jack. I'm Joe. And I'm Scott. And you're listening to the Stuff We Love podcast. Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Neil, Joe, and I recently returned from our trip to the Orlando, Florida area. We wanted to discuss some of the stuff we did on this vacation. It's time for a trip report. So the hotel we stayed at was the Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort at Universal Studios Orlando. This hotel is located right in the heart of Universal Studios. It's an absolutely gorgeous hotel with Polynesian theming. We really enjoyed it. At this hotel, guests could take boat service to the Universal Studios and Universal City Walk, which for those of you who don't know, is a place that has restaurants, stores, and a movie theater. It's a lot of fun. The hotel had a beautiful pool area. There was a very comfortable lobby with a sushi restaurant there. We often spent time relaxing in the lobby. And there were multiple restaurants at the hotel overall. Neil had the breakfast buffet, which Joe and I did not have. But we did have a lighter breakfast in the sushi restaurant, which was excellent. And the Polynesian theming was very well done. It was kind of Disney-esque. Joe, what did you think about the hotel? I actually thought it was a great hotel. One of the things that is good about this hotel is that if you're a guest there, your room key gets you front-of-the-line access to all the rides in Universal Studios and in Islands of Adventure, the other park as well, which is a huge benefit. You you save a lot of money on that if you wanted to get the Fast Pass access there. Uh, I thought the hotel was great. So, Joe, you you would only stay at a hotel at Universal Studios that gave you the Express Pass? Well, I I personally would, um, but I thought that this was you know this was great because this is one of those hotels, also the Hard Rock Hotel, and I think there's one other one that also gives you the front of the line access and one that does not. But yeah, Portofino this, does. Portofino, uh, yes, and then the new one that they just built actually does not, but this one did, and that for me made it even more worth it, even though the hotel was great on its own. You know, we were only there for a few days, but one, and we ate at a lot of restaurants, but one of the things that I have to mention is this brand new restaurant and chocolate shop there called the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium and Savory Feast Kitchen. This uh, restaurant is in Universal City Walk, which right when you get off the uh, the boat launch where the hotels drop you off, you walk across and it's right there. It's a gigantic steampunk themed restaurant. Um, it has a regular menu, but their real thing is chocolate and desserts. They have a, they have half of their store is a chocolate store, the other half is a milkshake and ice cream counter. The desserts are the size of two or three desserts of a normal thing, all chocolate. It was uh, it's brand new. I, I really hope it's there next time I go. Like I I hope it stays around because it was a great place. Joe, when, so when you and I went there, we actually ate food as well as having the ice cream, and we both had the fried chicken sandwich, if you remember. Very healthy, yes. Which is. <laughs> Healthy, but excellent. There were workers in steampunk-themed clothes walking around who we took pictures of, including a robot, which is really awesome. There was a lot of interaction between the guests and the restaurant staff. I knew the desserts were good, okay? But I got to tell you about one of the desserts that I had. It was the brownie bark sundae, okay? I did not eat the whole thing. This thing had five brownies in it. Chocolate brownies with chocolate chips. They had three scoops of chocolate ice cream. It had chocolate whipped cream, chocolate sprinkles, and chocolate syrup. It was unbelievably good, but I could not finish it. If anybody has been there and has finished this, 
you will earn a guest spot on our show with our approval. <laughs> so it was awesome though. It was absolutely awesome. We loved the problem, it. The problem with that dessert was we ordered it and then asked which ones were good for single people to eat by themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he said that was not one of them. I liked that the characters were walking around there. It almost reminded me of a restaurant inside Universal or Disney where they had character interactions. Um, mm -hmm. They had you know people in period costumes and Victorian, of course, you know Victorian style because it's a steampunk theme. Um, but that dessert was unbelievable. Their milkshakes, one of the milkshakes had a full-size cupcake on top of it. Yep. Um, it, it was it was a great restaurant, not healthy at all, but you know sometimes you just got to do it. Joe, does this make your top five ice cream slash milkshake that you've ever had? Um, the chocolate one, yes. I, I, actually, I think the chocolate times five, which was just loaded with chocolate, was a great milkshake. I would have that yes. again in a, in a second. So now we turn to the actual theme parks themselves. I had personally been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter years ago, not the Gringotts part, not Diagon Alley, but the original Hogsmeade place. And I loved it. I have many fond memories of it, but I have to tell you that Diagon Alley is out of this world amazing. The attention to detail and the theming takes the cake. It is as good as any themed land in either Disney World or Universal Studios. Uh, in Diagon Alley, they had the Escape from Gringotts ride. It was a very intense ride, but a lot of fun. I still think for me personally, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride, which is at the Hogsmeade location, is my favorite ride in Orlando. But Gringotts is great. We also went on the Hogwarts Express train, which takes you from Hogsmeade to Diagon Alley, Diagon Alley, yep, or back, you know, depending on where you start, which deployed very cool technology. It's like you're in the movie and you're on the train ride and you can look out the window and also look in the hallway and see characters walk by. I loved it. And Joe, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this because this was your first time there after years of anticipation. What, what were your thoughts? I'm honestly, I'm glad that I went now when Diagon Alley was finished. Diagon Alley is the most unbelievable themed area that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you've if you're a listener of the show, we talk about themed areas all the time and the different amusement parks and things like that. The the level of detail, it was literally like you were stepping into the book, all the stores from the book, all the restaurants. In Diagon Alley it was just it was that unbelievable. And then the most one of the most amazing parts to me was that if you were standing outside in Universal and you looked it, you could not see it. It was behind a brick wall just kind of like in the book. Um and then the King's Cross Station, where you got on the Hogwarts Express, was great. It was just all themed to Harry Potter. And if you're a fan of the, of the Harry Potter books, or even if you're not, and just a fan of the detail and, and England and that kind of thing, um, it, it, I, I think it would it'd be really enjoyable. I'm really glad that I went. Um, I had a question for you guys, because I, I loved the, um, the ride through the castle. Um, mm -hmm. How did that, I remember it was really intense when I went on it. How did the intensity compare from that to uh, Gringotts on the ride? I enjoyed the Gringotts ride actually a lot more than the Forbidden Journey. It was smoother. Um, the technology I thought was a little bit better, of course, because it was newer, but not that much. And I, I just thought the smoothness of the ride was, was noticeable to me. And also the theming when you're, when you go into Gringotts, the, you're in the bank the um, goblins, uh, the bankers are there, and they look real. It was uh, it was great. I actually think that, for me, that ride was better than the Forbidden Journey. Did you think it was a better themed area than the, uh, the inside Gringotts, a uh, better themed area than inside the uh, castle? I'd say they were about equal. I thought the theming was good. Um, I think the one inside the castle was a little bit better if you're just a Harry Potter fan because of you're, you're in the castle and the things that they were doing in there. 
but I was blown away by Gringotts. It looked like a real bank with goblins at the you know tellers. I completely agree with you. I would say that the um, when you went into Gringotts, the attention to detail, even the chandelier that was in the lobby of the bank was absolutely beautiful. I kind of wish that there was a little bit more of a wait so I could actually see more detail there. I would say in terms of the ride experiences, I loved both. I can't wait to do both again. For me personally, uh, I do agree with you, Joe. I thought the Gringotts ride was smoother. I'm not a big person who, I'm, I'm not a big fan of drops on rides. That's why I have trouble with roller coasters. And in the Gringotts ride at the start, there was a drop that for me was pretty intense, but nothing that I couldn't handle. Joe is, uh, I think I'm a wuss. <laughs> I'm, shaking, I'm shaking my head here because the drop was probably 10 but, feet at the most. Scott has not yet mastered Tower of Terror. He's not yet gone yeah. on that ride. Can't do it. Can't do it. I mean, look, if uh, if if anybody wants to shop on our products link page and buy $5,000 worth of items on Amazon, I will go on the Tower of Terror. <laughs> but, but no, I haven't done that. But I love both rides. And uh, I think if you're a fan of Harry Potter, and even if – I know people that go to the land – that are not fans of Harry Potter, that haven't read the books, haven't seen the movies, and they love it just because it's like you're entering this different universe. So it's a, it was great, absolutely great. Yep, I, I, I agree. I mean, I liked Hogsmeade as well. I thought Hogsmeade, I was surprised by how small it was when mm -hmm. I got over there. Um, and the only thing, you know, was the, was the roller coaster and then the Forbidden Journey. I, I really thought that Diagon Alley was just, you know, 10 times as good as that. Uh, one of the other reasons we went down, the Universal Halloween Horror Night. Uh, Universal, you know, during October and in September as well. And I think this year, actually, November 4th, does a Universal, they call it Horror Nights, where they have haunted houses set up throughout the park. And this is a separate ticketed event that opens only after the regular Universal hours have closed. And they clear out the park and bring you in. And there's nine haunted houses set up throughout the park in different areas. It was an intense experience. It was not for children. I think it was 13 and over on the on the ticket, uh, you know, printed on the ticket, um, where you walk through these haunted houses and they are real haunted houses where people jump out at you, and the the sound effects and they're they're all movie based. One of the haunted houses was based on The Shining, which was, in my opinion, the greatest haunted house I've ever been into. Uh, another one was based on uh, Blum House Productions, which is uh, a horror movie production company. There was um, one on American Horror Story and a few other ones as well. And then as you walked to the haunted houses through the park, there were these scare zones, which were essentially haunted houses outside in in the um, air in in the park, where you know people would do the same thing. They would scare you. They were also based on different things. The Purge, the movie The Purge, was one of those. That was an, an excellent scare zone. It was unbelievable. And uh, there were also some attractions, probably about six or seven actual rides in Universal that were also open at the same time if you wanted to go on those rides. Scott, what did you think about Horror Night? This was my first time at Horror Nights. It was hands down the, my favorite thing from the entire trip. It was so much fun that I actually could see doing this every year just to see the different haunted houses and have those experiences. I completely agree with you, Joe. The Shining Haunted House was out of this world. If you've seen that movie, they replicate every single frightening scene from that film in a very intense way. They do have workers from Universal Studios guiding you through all of the houses. So it's not like you go in and are on your own. There's no mystery as to where you go. I love the scare zones. I did get the chance to go on the Simpsons ride during Horror Nights as well, which was great. I... 
I loved it. It was a perfect way to celebrate the Halloween season. And to me, it's essential. I, I, it was the highlight of my trip. So speaking of Halloween events, another event we went to down in the Orlando area was Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which was held at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. We went there on Friday night. It is a ticketed event as well. If you have a ticket to the party, they do let you into the Magic Kingdom at four in the afternoon. So you get a chance to be there from four until midnight, which is when the event ends. We really cannot comment on the Halloween specific events they have there because we purposely didn't do them. They have a parade. They allow people the chance to trick or treat at various locations in the Magic Kingdom. They have shows and fireworks, which are all nice. And if you're into that, that's great. But we really wanted to take the opportunity of being there to get on the Magic Kingdom attractions that were open because the wait times were much shorter than they usually are because it's a ticketed event and there's only a certain number of people they allow in the park. So uh, among the highlights were uh, all the Fantasyland attractions, the classics like Peter Pan, It's a Small World. Those, it doesn't matter how old you are, there's a timeless quality to all of them that holds up over time. We also loved Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Joe and Neil went on Space Mountain. Uh, something else that we did there was the Haunted Mansion, which is actually my favorite ride at any theme park, perhaps. And uh, Joe, I'm very, very curious because, am I correct, that was your first time ever on the Haunted Mansion? Correct. I, I have not been on the Haunted Mansion until this year, until we just went. I thought it was a great ride. I really liked it. It was, uh, you know, it's not really a scary ride, obviously, because it's more, you know, it's 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 Disney and they don't really do that. But the theming in that house was great. And, you know, just the technology and attention to detail. And of course there's no drops for you, Scott, or anything like that. So you can, (laughs) it's a great place to relax if it's a little hot outside. Um, But I did think it was an awesome ride. I I would go on. I I can see why it gets the love that it does. Jack, you've been on the haunted mansion many times, correct? Yeah. It's actually not one of my favorite rides. I, I don't know why. I think it's well themed. It's just, I just don't. I just don't really like the ride too much. I just kind of get bored when I'm on it. It's just, it just seems a little bit. Uh, I don't know. For how many great rides there are at Disney, just just for me personally, I, I just don't love that ride. But it's definitely a good ride to uh, beat the heat if it's a little bit uh, hot outside or if it's a little bit too crowded. Exactly. Um, but it's definitely a very well uh, designed theme, very well done theme. I just uh, ride. I just don't really love it myself. But. I have to say, I liked it a lot. I think it maybe was enhanced by the fact that it was this not-so-scary Halloween party. It was yes. yeah. nighttime. The colors were a little bit different for the Halloween theme that they had going on there. Um, all the castles were lit up in purple and, and uh, dark green and things like that, which was great. Um, so, I mean, I did like the ride. I, I agree. It's not the greatest ride for a theme park. Um, I personally actually like Universal better than Disney. Everybody stay calm. <laughs> You're a Disney fan. I get that. I mean, I like Disney a lot, but I, I do think Universal is the better theme park with the rides that they have. Disney a lot is on nostalgia, which I also like, but sure. Yeah, um, you know, thing, things like Harry Potter and, and even the Jurassic Park ride, which is older, but it's just a great, it's a fun ride to go on. I like that stuff. So for me, the Haunted Mansion was a great ride. I could go on it again for sure. I would I would love to do it. Um, especially when it's hot out, just because, you know, things like that. But we went on, I think actually almost every ride was open that night, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Splash Mountain was closed for renovations. And Jungle Cruise closed early, but they were right. open for a while. I think every other ride was open, and the lines were, you know, a fraction of what they would be during the day, um, which made it worth it to me, just to go yes. on all the rides again. Yes, if you like having shorter waits, 
it's worth it to spend the money on a ticket to one of these parties, Halloween party, the very Merry Christmas party, because the wait times for the rides are much better. Yeah, just one more thing I think we need to mention about the trip is that um, Scott and I uh, one morning went to Disney's Animal Kingdom, where if I think we've mentioned this on the show before, actually, where they've just opened a new themed area for uh, the world of Avatar, the Avatar movie. And it's called Pandora, which is you know, the name of the area in the in the movie. Um, and they have a ride there. Uh, I can't remember the exact name of the ride. Scott, what is the name of the ride? The ride is which Flight one? of Passage. Yeah, Flight of Passage. Yes. So so they have a ride, Avatar Flight of Passage, and then they have a, uh, a river journey also. Um, Scott and I, I think we got there about 8.30 in the morning. The park actually opened at 9, but they let everybody in early to get in line for the Flight of Passage. Uh, and there was about a 90-minute wait at that point, uh, which we waited. Modeled right after the movie, the entire area is uh, based on the movie. It looks like you're in the movie. And when you get to the uh, top of the ride, you know, the top of the line, you're climbing a mountain, basically. It's an intense motion simulator ride. It's beautiful. Uh, you're almost as if you're sitting on your own jet ski, so you're not sitting in a, a car with 12 or 18 other people. You're there by yourself. They're next to you, but you have your own ride. And... That ride, in my opinion, is the greatest amusement park ride that I've been on. Um, I would, if the ride, the lines for that ride were not four hours long, I would have went on it again. Um, but since it just opened, it's one of the most popular rides right now. Scott, what did you think about this ride? I think you summed it up very well. It's an amazing experience. It is a beautiful ride. It's like when you're experiencing the attraction, you don't even know where to look because there's such detail on the ride. And they really do a great job simulating the motion, but it's not nausea-inducing. In other right. words, people sometimes get very sick on motion simulator rides, but that doesn't seem to be the case, at least not for us on this ride. The amazing thing is, so Joe, as you mentioned, there was a 90-minute wait. We got there around 8.30. Very shortly after we got there, if you remember, the wait was three hours. Yep. So it's very easy for the waits to get quite long if you're thinking of trying this and you don't have a fast pass reservation, you really need to be there at park opening or prior to it and just wait online. The queue is very cool. There's a lot of detail in the queue. Uh, I love the attraction. Uh, one of my favorite rides of all time. The only thing I was disappointed in is the gift shop afterwards, which I wanted to have a bit more in terms of the souvenirs. I was hoping to buy something, but I just was not impressed with the selection of t-shirts. I thought it was very limited and not that exciting. Uh, Joe, what'd you think of the store? I agree. I, I didn't. I wasn't impressed by the store. Um, one of the great parts about going on rides for me is actually going into the store at the end. And in, I was actually amazed that at the end of the ride, they didn't immediately route you into the store. You didn't even have to go into it. It was off to the side. But it was a great store, um, but not as good as it could have been. I think they weren't focused on the ride enough. They weren't even focused on the movie. There was a couple of T-shirts um, and... That's pretty much it. A lot of Avatar toys, and other than that, um, it wasn't one of my, you know, it wasn't one of my favorite stores at the end. I think I, I would have been happier with something different. Yeah, we were talking as we were exiting the ride how amazed we were with the experience, and we were saying how we couldn't wait to buy stuff in the gift shop. And then when we got in there, we didn't buy a single thing, so that was a little <laughs> bit disappointing. But over overall, it was an amazing experience. If you're into Halloween like we are and you love theme parks, I encourage you to take the opportunity to go there in October. It was a bit crowded and a bit hot. Maybe try to avoid the Columbus Day weekend where the crowds are, are a little bit bigger. But um, 
it was a memorable trip. We have great photos from the experience. And if you follow us on social media, you'll see we've been posting some pictures from the trip. So we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And now I'm very excited to turn it over to Jack, who's going to talk about the Star Wars Battlefront 2 demo. So before I get into it, I'm just going to play a quick clip from John Boyega's take on Battlefront 2, which they released earlier uh, this past week. Hi players, this is John Boyega, and this is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Whether dominating the multiplayer battlefront as Kylo Ren, leading your squadron through thrilling dogfights in space, stepping into the boots of Iden Versio in a new single-player campaign, or mastering your skills in split-screen arcade, this is a Star Wars experience like none other, with greater depth and progression than ever before. So, recently the demo came out, I think it was available from... Um, October, I want to say, 8th to 11th. They extended it for, for a day, I think. Um, and I was able to get on on the 11th, and it was absolutely amazing. Some of the additions they've made, just to talk about that before we get into the, what I thought of it, um, they've gone from 4 to 18 planets, and some of the additions they've made that people are really excited about have been Kamino, um, Yavin 4, uh, Kashyyyk, um, as well as uh, Moss Eisley. And then they've jumped from 6 to 14 heroes, They've jumped from 11 to 39 vehicles, and they've also added a campaign. So just to get into a couple of the things I thought were amazing when I was playing the demo. First of all, it's 10 times better than Battlefront 1 across all objective standards. The graphics are way better. Um, overall, the weapons are way better. The class system is way better. The way to level up and get points is 10 times better. Um, they have four different classes. You can play as a assault class, a heavy class, a special class, a specialist class and an officer class and the thing I love most about all of them is they were all extremely well balanced um, and they had a lot more to offer than the original classes did in Battlefront 1. Um, instead of having, uh, if anyone is familiar with Battlefront 1, you could pick up these special abilities while you were playing on the map such as a rocket launcher, um, the thermal imploder, anything like that and those are all built into the classes so I found that the classes themselves are a lot more fun to play because you have a lot more things you can do and I was often um, deciding between which gun I wanted to use within my classes, which is something I never experienced in Battlefront 1. It was a lot of the same stuff over and over again. In terms of the multiplayer maps, they're going to have heroes versus villains like they had last time, and some of the notable heroes they're adding are Darth Maul and Rey. Um, they're going to be taking away some of the heroes that they had in the old ones, such as Nine Nub, who I don't think is going to be making a return. Um, they also have Blast, which is basically just giant team deathmatch. They have Starfighter Assault, which are the space battles, and then they have Galactic Assault, which is the new form of Walker Assault. And they also have Strike, which I'm actually not too familiar with what, what that game mode is going to be. But the game was a lot better than the original. Um, I personally enjoyed playing it, even though I was only playing on Naboo in Galactic Assault. I played it probably five or six times, and I still wasn't bored of it. And I would definitely recommend that if you didn't like Battlefront 1, give this Battlefront 2 a chance, because I guarantee you're going to like it better. And if you did like Battlefront 1, it's a no-brainer to pick up Battlefront 2, because it's going to be worth it. And then another thing, obviously, like I said earlier, is they're going to be adding a campaign. And we've spoken about this earlier um, on previous podcast episodes, but you're going to be following a First Order trooper and how they respond following the death of the Emperor. And from what I've seen in the trailers, it looks absolutely amazing. So I cannot be more excited for Battlefront 2. Jack, you said at the beginning of your review that you were able to download it on a certain date. Did you have to sign up and wait? How did it work to download so, the demo? So 
it was an open beta, and I actually wasn't even aware it was happening, but some of my friends who also play Battlefront 1 told me in school that it was going to be happening this, this past weekend. And so it was an open beta, so you could just go onto Xbox Live. It was also available for PlayStation. You can just mm -hmm. go onto the, um, the, you know, the App Store on um, Xbox Live, and you could search up just Battlefront 2 beta, and it, it was right there, and you just downloaded it. I think it was 30 gigs, and then you could play it for that period of time. And I can still open the game up. It's just none of the servers are you know, running because they're not running the beta anymore, and it says beta's been closed. But it was just mm -hmm. a chance for you know, everyone to get a taste of what it's going to really be like. One thing I also want to mention that I didn't talk about I mentioned how there's a different system for getting points and uh, leveling up within the level within the uh, maps. Um, in the previous game, if you're familiar with it, how you would level up or get a hero or a special ability was you'd find, like I said, like a kind of orb glowing on the map with a hero symbol, and you it was completely random, which a lot of people didn't like, because you could find one and be you know one in 14 in terms of your kill to death ratio, or be doing really well and not find one at all. Um, so the way they've changed it in this game is. Based on how many kills you get, based on how many objectives you capture, um, you get a certain amount of points. And as your points level up, you unlock different abilities. So you can say I'm playing as a clone trooper. If I get you know uh, three kills, I might be able to play as a jet trooper um, or a uh, Wookiee uh, or play as a ship. So it kind of works like that on the levels, and it makes it a lot more fun for people who are more competitive with it because they can very quickly move up the charts and get to play as Darth Maul. Um, in terms of leveling up and getting points to the map, I was able to play as Rey. I wasn't able to play as Darth Maul. Um, and playing as Rey was absolutely awesome. One thing I did not like was they changed this game um, in terms of the heroes that when you're playing as Rey against the droids and she would hit, which of course doesn't really line up with the time frames, but it was just for the beta, and Rey would hit the droid, it would require her to hit the droid two or three times before she killed it, which I thought was unrealistic because if you've watched any of the Star Wars movies, especially the droids, the, the regular droids are supposed to be kind of, you know, useless, and you're supposed to just, especially if you're a Jedi, just be able to cut through it with one, you know, slash of the lightsaber, so I didn't love that, but there, obviously if you're, if you're a player on the other side, it's pretty much impossible to stop them if it doesn't take a couple hits, but that was pretty much my only concern, but I really enjoyed the game. Jack, how does the multiplayer function on Battlefront, in your opinion, compared to other great multiplayer classics like Halo? That's a great question. My brother and I were big fans of Halo. We, we played it a ton. I personally, and of course I'm biased because I love the Star Wars universe a lot more than I love the Halo universe. My brother might have a different opinion. But I personally liked the multiplayer on Star Wars uh, far better than um, the Halo. I thought it was unique from anything we've we've seen before, especially in the multiplayer, in terms of how you're leveling up and getting points in a map. Um, the class system was just... I can't stress enough how it was it was extremely well designed that when you were playing it you didn't really run out of things you could do because each class had a, had you know four uh, four or five different guns and they also had different special abilities within the class. Um, one of the one thing I'll note is if you play as an officer, for example, um, when you spawn in, you get like a squad you spawn in with with three other online players, and if they stay near you, they get extra points and stuff. So they've designed it really well, and, and until you play it, you can't really get the full experience. I'm not probably not describing it, doing it justice, but I really enjoyed it, and I think it compares, if not beats, a lot of the other online multiplayer interfaces that are available. As you're talking, I'm trying to find out on Amazon where the game ranks in terms of pre-orders. Um, I can't get a quick answer to that. Uh, but I know, look, I played Battlefront, the original. I was not very good at it. But I'm excited for this because of your reviews. The, that if you weren't crazy about Battlefront, it sounds like you, you were saying that you would like Battlefront 2 more. 
far better. I'm very excited for the multiplayer. And it sounds like, uh, you know, one of the criticisms of the original Battlefront is that there there either wasn't a first person, first player campaign mode, or if it was, it was mm-hmm. short. I don't really remember. There was. It sounds one, like yeah. they really have fixed. There wasn't one? No, there was no campaign mode in the original Battlefront. So it sounds like they fixed it this version. Yes, they did. And it seems like a really interesting point. It's something that hasn't been documented really in movies. Uh, I'm sure in the you know extended universe you could find something, but in you know the mainstream um, Star Wars universe, it hasn't really been documented, and everything in the game is canon. So you can kind of attribute that to your overall experience of Star Wars, which is something that's cool and unique to the game. So it's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for this. And Jack, that was an awesome summary. You're the only person I know to experience the Battlefront 2 demo. So that, that was awesome. Joe, will you be getting the game? Uh, I will be getting the game. I actually, I'm very happy they added a single player campaign to it because I'm a single player gamer. I don't really like the online multiplayer games that much. I'm not very good at them, but I do like playing, you know, on my in my couch at home. So I will be getting the game because of that. So I think a lot of people probably will do the same thing. I'll probably play Jack a little bit. Maybe he'll, you know, let me win one or two, but we'll see. <laughs> Joe, let no me mercy. tell you, having played Jack in Battlefront 1, <laughs> We don't stand no. a chance. <laughs> I'll just have to practice all night. It'll look good. So now we're at the point of the show where we're going to be talking about stuff we love. Let's talk about some stuff we love. My friends recently got me into Destiny 2. Um, I had not played Destiny 1 at all. And um, they had at school, they were all just talking about Destiny 2. They were in a, a clan together they'd made and they, they love it. And, you know, every weekend they'd have extensive hours of playing and they'd go on these raids together and so I, I was interested in it because they were talking about it and my my high school teacher history teacher actually played it too and he'd talk about it too so they all they all kind of peer pressured me into getting it and I've loved it I played it the past couple weekends and it's been really awesome um, from it's it's made by the same people who made Halo and it has a lot of similarities to that it also has a lot of similarities to Call of Duty's what I've experienced it's kind of the same movements as Call of Duty um, the most recent one uh, Black Ops 3 um, with a lot of the kind of feel of Halo. So the maps are like Halo. They're very well designed. The music's extremely good. Um, the graphics are very well done. And you're, you're battling these alien life forms, so it's kind of similar to Halo in that way. But the, um, the plot is very well done. The multiplayer interface is extremely good. Um, and I've enjoyed, especially since... The Destiny 2 does a great job of the, the clan system, like I mentioned. You could form a clan with you know friends or anyone else. And I think that's something I haven't experienced in any other multi- multiplayer interface where it makes it so it's a lot more of a community-based game, which is really fun when you're playing as a user because it gets boring when you're just playing by yourself multiplayer. But playing with a bunch of other kids is really fun. Um, so I enjoyed that, and Destiny 2 has been awesome. Uh, another thing I've loved recently has been... Um, I'm really late to this one, like a year and a half late, but I've been listening to the Hamilton playlist a lot, and um, I hadn't listened to it at all, just because there was a lot of hype around it, and I didn't want to be one of those people who was obsessed with it, but I listened to it, and I just really like the music. I'm not a huge fan of uh, rap or hip-hop or anything like that, um, especially when it comes to Broadway. I'm pretty traditional in the the plays I like there, but when I listened to the Hamilton playlist, it was fresh. Uh, I'm a big fan of history, so I loved it. Joe's shaking his head. I guess he doesn't agree. But um, I thought it was really good. I, the music's been stuck in my head for a while. Jack, are you going to try to get Hamilton tickets? My sister and I actually both have recently really been listening to it and liking it. So we're going to try to get some Hamilton Hamilton tickets to go check it out. So You know, I've seen Hamilton on Broadway. Really? I did see it. Um, oh, I'm jealous. Well, don't have to be jealous. You didn't like it? <laughs> um. I don't want to get angry viewer comments. It's not that I didn't like it. It's I thought it was a little bit overrated. One thing I will say is this. What Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I have a lot of respect for, has done 
is amazing, which is take a historical subject that may not appeal to people who aren't interested in history, for example, and through the use of hip hop has brought in people of all ages and non-theater fans as well into it. So that's, I, I respect what he's done, but Jack, like you, I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to musical theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, it's not that I didn't like it. I just thought it was a bit overrated. Okay, uh, the stuff I love this week is, it, it's actually a product that I'm very excited to discuss with all of you. It's called the Orbi. So I recently moved and my new house has terrible cell phone service. I really needed something that has, I needed a device that would give me good Wi-Fi because I couldn't access stuff on the internet with my data plan. It just couldn't connect. And I needed to use the Wi-Fi calling feature on my iPhone. So I went to Best Buy to see what I could purchase to enhance my Wi-Fi coverage. And they recommended this thing called the Orbi to me. It has a router and it has what they call a satellite that you position in the middle of your residence. And the version I bought is designed to give you great Wi-Fi coverage up to 5,000 square feet. And I have to tell you, it is phenomenal. My Wi-Fi coverage is the best it's ever been. I'm able to get Wi-Fi in the front and back of the house. I'm recording tonight in a corner of the house that traditionally did not have good Wi-Fi. But because of the Orbi and the way it extends the coverage, we're on an excellent connection tonight. So I would tell you that despite the fact it's a pricey product, it probably runs, I think it was... 325 or 345, if I recall correctly, it is worth it if you do not have good Wi-Fi coverage in your house or you're looking to purchase something to enhance your Wi-Fi coverage. It's also especially good if you have any 4K TVs in your house that are streaming 4K content from the internet. It gives you an amazingly strong connection. There are some times where it may drop out a little bit, but compared to the traditional Wi-Fi that I got, this blows it out of the water. So Orbi, that is my product recommendation this week. That sounds great. I'm actually going to look into that. Yeah, I think I think we all would like it, and our, our listeners would too, because so much of what we do is on the internet. You want to get the fastest streaming, the fastest coverage, yep. fastest access, and that's what the Orbi's good for. Another thing I'll add about it is that it was a featured product at Best Buy. It had its own separate display. I went back to Best Buy a couple of days later, and literally everything that was on display was was sold out. It flies off the shelves. Just gotten into the show uh, on Netflix called Turn. Washington Spies. It's amazing. I, I love the show and I'm I'm actually glad I got into it now because the show is over. They it has a four it's a four season show and it's um been completed so I can watch the entire series. It's on A&E but it's it's on Netflix right now but it's also uh available on DVD on Amazon uh and it's about the Culper spy ring in the revolutionary war uh period um which is one of the first spy rings almost like a precursor to the CIA type thing. And it is just uh, the quality of the show is great. The sets, uh, the acting, half of these actors I've never even heard of before, but they are amazing. And I am I'm hooked to the show. And I, I'm thinking right now that I want to get out and get get upstairs and watch one of these episodes now just to keep on going. So it is a great show. I highly recommend it to anyone. When um, Scott and um, Neil and I had dinner earlier in the year, I, I was talking to Neil and I was talking to him about TV I watched and I was – uh, telling me he had to watch this show Turn because I had watched it. And I finished it a while ago because I was watching it when season four was live and it was ending. But it's it's a fantastic show. Um, it's, like you said, of the Cole Perspiring, and it's probably the best, um, in my opinion, representation of what the kind of revolutionary period was like. 
um, at the time. And like you said, the sets are very well done. And it, yeah, it does have a lot of no-name actors who do a fantastic job. But there's also some uh, notable um, actors, uh, oh, yeah. whoever portrays Major Hewlett, and then as well as um, his uh, uh, the father of the, the main character is also from Pirates of the Caribbean, and he does a great job as well. I'm forgetting his name. But the show is fantastic. And if you're interested in history and you want also a really good plot, um, definitely check it out. What 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 season are you on, Joe? I actually have um, I'm the last episode of season two, um, and then I'll awesome. so I'll start season three right after that. I, I it is an excellent show. I actually just recommended it to Neil last weekend as well. Um, so hopefully he'll take us up on that. Uh, and you too, Scott, when you have some time. It's worth yeah, I'm it. definitely going to do it. I'm catching up on TV, and uh, I'm looking forward to starting turn because I value both of your opinions tremendously. And if you like it, I will like it. It's a great show. Before we conclude, Jack, do you want to give us an update on our Fantasy Football League? Welcome to the Stuff We Love Fantasy Football League. Our Fantasy League's been running now into week six, I think it is. And after five weeks, because right now it's uh, it's a Sunday when we're recording this, so we have a game in progress. Um, I know I personally am, I think, two and three, and I think I'm winning my game right now. But, Scott, I know you're pulling up your phone. Do you have the, the standings specifically? I am beating Joe but I'm projected to lose that game. <laughs> and then in, ter- in terms of the standings, so on the Eastern Division, uh, Joe, you are in first place. Kylo Wynn is trailing by half a game. And then I am 3-0. and And our friend, the Flying Scotsman, is 3-1 and in the other division. So we have some good competition here, and I'm enjoying this immensely. We love fantasy football here. I just want to say, Scott, that maybe 15 minutes ago you, you were projected to win uh, and now you have dropped on the projections for our game. So hopefully uh, they stay that way and I beat you. That's what happens in the league. Anything <laughs> goes. Okay. So we want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Allow me an opportunity to just take you through the various ways you can connect with us on social media. We are on Twitter at stuff. We love pod on Instagram. We're at stuff. We love podcast. We have a Facebook page encouraging you all to like it. We're posting content there on a daily basis. Our website is www.stuffwelovepodcast.com. This is where you can learn more about us and visit our products page. So if, for example, you're interested in making a purchase on Amazon.com, you go to our website, you go to our products page, you click one of the Amazon links, buy whatever it is you're going to buy, and the podcast will benefit from that purchase. We also are affiliated with Movement Watches, which I've been wearing regularly. We link to them on our products page as well. So go check it out. We have a lot of great stuff there. And please uh, leave us good reviews on iTunes. We uh, are enjoying those. We appreciate all those five-star reviews we have been getting. And uh, finally, our you can write, write to us. Uh, I believe the address is Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yep. That's right. yep. So feel free to write in. Uh, we're back tonight after a hiatus. There was a lot going on, but we're looking forward to recording more episodes. We're going to have guests coming up. I have some exciting guests in the works, and uh, we're going to have a lot of great content. So I'm Scott signing off for tonight. Hope all is well with you listeners, and enjoy your week. And I'm Joe. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Uh, and stick with us. There's going to be a lot of good content coming up. Thanks, everyone, to, for tuning in, and definitely make sure to check out the uh, Battlefront 2 demo if you haven't already. You're going to love it.